Hello and welcome back to Blue Royalty, a Londonist blue show dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. It's a great day out for the Blues in Leicester. I actually think that's the second time this season I've made that joke because we just like winning by eight goals, which is nice. Uh, I'm your host, Jessica Humphreys, joined as usual by Abdullah Abdullah. Abdullah, how is it going? It's going really well. I mean, you know, I think most of us were, were double screening it yesterday considering the World Cup. USA versus the Netherlands was on and Chelsea played Leicester but you know Chelsea made everybody's life easier they thought about everybody else and they said you know what we're gonna give people the opportunity to watch one game so that you don't have to bother watching both intently and and and, and did a job for us but otherwise no I think it was all good great weekend another nice easy win and uh, I think that's becoming a trend now how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm good, thanks. Um, uh, we must extend our commiserations whilst we are here to Nick Villani, who is joining us after the the US did go out while Chelsea were playing. And Nick, did uh, did the girls at least bring a small bit of joy to your heart? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, look, Chelsea have played. Uh, was this the first Saturday match of the se- or second Saturday match of the season? We usually play Sundays. I felt like I was in the clear for this World Cup game, and of course, that just wasn't the case. So, <laughs> football gods did not smile on me yesterday. But, uh, but yeah, look, U.S. went out to the better team. Uh, I was happy with the way they played in the tournament. No complaints. All right, roll on twenty twenty six then. Uh, yeah, so we are going to be chatting through the Leicester game. I think there's going to be a big chunk of this episode on Guru Wrighton. We'll have a little bit look at pushing up our goal difference. We'll head over to Abdullah's analytics corner where he's going to track Frank Kirby and have a quick look ahead to Real Madrid. But first, let's kick off with our three-word match review. Not the only people to be doing one of these last night. Hello, Chelsea women's admin. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Listen, great content is great content, I guess. Um, I'll let you guys have a think on yours while I pick some of the favourites out from Twitter. Unsurprisingly, a lot of Guru Wrighton-themed ones. Rob coming in with Wrighton Different Gravy. Neom, Guru Ballon d'Or. Ishan, Wrighton My Veins. Uh, Joined Up Wrighton from Rick Glanville. Really like that one. A nice nice little pun. Uh, Julian going with the Wrighton show. Addy Joseph just going for the simple should have watched this. What are you doing, my man? Yeah, of course you should have been watching. Uh, and Yuvarika going with We Love Leicester. King Power is definitely feeling like a fun ground for for us to go to. Um, so, Abdullah, I'll come to you first. What What are you saying? Simple lionesses eat foxes. I mean, it was just, it literally felt like what the animal battle would have been. Just absolutely a mauling uh, destruction. Um uh you know of Leicester from uh from from Chelsea and it was just it was just ruthless so yeah I just I just went for the animal the animal one yeah I like that the Chelsea social team did that uh for their graphic and the picture of the fox that they chose was like the most <laughs> so mangy scary. looking fox yeah. I'd ever seen <laughs> but like it's kind it of sickly looking it <laughs> so uh Nick what are you saying could have been 14 he wants more he wants I want more. Goals. more. I do. Always do. A demanding, a demanding fan is Nick Villani. Uh, yep. I'm going for gruesome. <laughs> See what I did there? Leicester performance. Because, <laughs> oh my God, they are Oof. not very good at football right now. <laughs> um, no. yeah, we are, of course, talking about the game against Leicester City on Saturday, 3rd of December in the WSL at the King Power Stadium. 
I don't understand why they play there. It's like there's so much space on that pitch. Uh, at Chelsea, 8-0 winners. Goals from Guru Wrighton, two from Jesse Fleming, two from Frank Kirby, Neve Charles, Sam Kerr and Bethany England all getting on the score sheet. Abdullah, I'll come to you first with, with the lineup. Um, it was a bit of a switcheroo, wasn't it? Something a little bit spicy. Yeah, for sure. I mean... I don't know. Do you want to call it a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3? I mean, most of the graphics are saying 3-4-3, but I felt it was a bit more 4-3-3. But if we're going with what we're seeing here, I think it was obviously AKB in goal. Uh, a back three of Ericsson, Bright, and Eve Perry say. But if you want to make it a four, you put Neve Charles in there at left back. And then a, a, a kind of a midfield three of Sophie Ingle, Fran Kirby, and Jesse Fleming with Canarid, Kerr, and Wright and kind of making up the front three. So it was a, quite a... Interesting change of personnel, you know, bringing in a few, few newer faces and then uh, kind of integrating the old one. So, but it was it was effective. It was it was really really good, and you know, I was quite uh, quite pleased with with the way things went. And I and I already felt like the the Bright Erickson partnership was obviously untroubled. But that wasn't. It was nice to see them come back again. And uh, you know, Neve Charles kind of continuing a good form. And obviously, if we're gonna you know show praise on, on Guru Wright in, in, in a few. But yeah, I, I thought I thought generally the whole team played really, really well. It was an amorphous attacking blob. Like there were just players all over the place, out of position. Neve Charles was more advanced than Guru Wright on a, more than a few occasions uh, on this one. So if you're looking at a general formation, blob. Yeah, and uh, Nick, it was good to see... Well, I, I think good, but, you know, no Kadisha Buchanan in the matchday squad, which I think is just for resting. Lauren James as well stayed on the bench. Just an opportunity, right, to to both make sure everyone's healthy going into December and, and get some players we don't see as much on the pitch as well. You know, Alsu Abdelina coming on, having a really bright cameo. Yelena Kankovic as well, making her return to, to Chelsea kit. This is what we've asked... <laughs> Uh, Emma to do over the years, right, is do little swaps, not big whole team swaps. And yeah, I mean, it, it obviously paid off in a big way, right? You you bring in someone like Canarid, you bring in, uh, you know, Frank Kirby back in the lineup for the first time in a minute. Uh, Neve Charles kind of rotating around this season. Uh, it, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing for this team because you need at least 15 players who are reliable over the course of a season, if not more, and to have a couple of really star performances come from people who, uh, you know, like Neve, for example, was on my list, uh, is, is a great thing for the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think stat-wise, the 8-0 really sums it up. Uh, Abdullah, this was just total dominance, wasn't it? 23 shots from Chelsea, 13 on target. Good pass accuracy, XG, Chelsea 4.1, Leicester 0.2. Just a total performance, right? Oh, yeah, total domination. I mean, that 4.1 XG is, is a huge standout um, and obviously completely outperformed it by, by by scoring double that, which I think was, was fantastic. And, you know, we say 13 shots on target. I think arguably we could have had 12 of those as goals. I mean, if we're really being serious, like those at least 12 of those 13 shots could have been goals. So... I think I think Chelsea almost let Leicester off the hook uh, in that sense, and and you know I think besides there was a period for about maybe five to seven minutes uh, around the sixty fifth minute mark where Leicester had a little bit of a spell with the ball and and a couple of shots. Um, I think beyond that, I think Chelsea just kind of showed that they were uh, totally dominant, and and I think it, for them it almost felt like a training game ahead of ahead of the midweek midweek game. So it was a nice nice run out for everybody. 
Yeah, I think we've really lucked out, to be honest. Although, you know, Reading in December has hurt us in the past, but to have Leicester and Reading as our, our two WSL fixtures has been really beneficial, I think, for this month. And, you know, to get through Leicester unscathed and, you know, everyone happy and scoring is a, is a really good feeling. Um, but we are going to take a quick ad break. Thanks to our sponsors. When we come back, we'll be talking about the one, the only, Guru Wrighton. If you're bored of the US Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you with over 5,000 plus server options. No show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an affected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened check out my link again that's nordvpn.com forward slash london is blue to get your subscription started today all right nick i'll come to you first um seeing as you're over here what 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 do we need to be shouting about right now i can see merch 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 that's right all over twitter at the moment Merch, merch, merch. Uh, for, for those on this show who I haven't given the spiel to, we totally redid our merch store. We have a functioning uh, Shopify outfit with drop shipping, so you'll get uh, you know an immediate shipping notification when you buy something. We're not doing that out of our living rooms anymore, which is a great thing for everybody. Uh, so head on over, check out the new sweatshirts, crewnecks, hoodies, coffee mugs, stickers, whatever you want. Tons of really good, reasonably priced stuff on there. Really excited about that. A sneaky preview for something that is uh, going to be announced or has already been announced by the time this comes out. Uh, we are likely coming back over in March. Um, wink, wink, nod, nod. There will be a women's match that is a part of this experience, and there could be a chance for you to join us. So uh, check that out on social. We'll have a registration link for our next trip, which should be a big one. And uh, look, we, we know many of you are coming to us from the London is Blue feed. We need more of you to come over to the new Blue Royalty feed. Uh, get those numbers up. We're really excited about this project and, and want this thing to thrive. So get on over. All right. Yeah, you, you've heard the man. Get the merch. Get on the pod feed. Let's go, guys. Um, but there was one player who we just have to talk talk about from this game. Guru Wrighton, one goal and four assists in the first half here abdullah can we is it even possible to put into words what a ridiculous performance this was no i mean every time you think girl was given her best game she produces another one that's even better than the last one and you kind of forget what the last one was like and then you remember the current one and then it just goes on and on and on and i think i think it's at least in the wsl might be even time to start saying that girl might be best player in the league right now. I mean, I don't think it's, it's a stretch to say that, at least in the WSL and probably top five, top six in, in, in Europe right now. So it's just it's just crazy. I mean, the amount of assists that she's racking this season and, and it's just growing year on year is unbelievable. I think, I think if she's going at her current trajectory, I don't see anybody, whether it's Europe or the WSL, catching us. So 
it's it's unreal. I think this is her second four assist haul of the season. Obviously, the first one against Vlasny and the and the Champions League. I mean, two four two four assist hauls. I mean, it's just that's unreal. I mean, who does that? <laughs> Literally, who does that? So, yeah, I think I think it's it's just been an unbelievable show, and I'm so glad that you know we're, we're able to witness this. I mean, this is my question for both of you, because I put out on Twitter that she might be the best creator in Europe. I mean, let, let's talk about this. Like, who is who is in her way to be the best creator in Europe and who has she surpassed at this point? Because she has to be up there, right? Yeah, I think in terms of wingers, it's hard to think. I think, you know, the the, the thing that's amazing about Guru and I think it's got even better in her game is the kind of quality of her crossing but i will include in that like passes but like the the over the pitch you know like the going along that kind of horizontal line i think you can maybe make an argument that a player like aitana bomati is as creative but in a slightly different way because she's playing more centrally um but in terms of that ability from the wing when you're not talking about a player who's necessarily like cutting inside and looking to shoot which she can also do, by the way. Which she can also do. But I think, yeah, in terms of finding a player in the box, whether it's on the ground or in the air, I don't see anyone doing it like her right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think a couple of names that maybe stand out to me in Europe is Athenea del Castillo from Real Madrid, another pacey winger who who likes to drive across and, and do the same sort of thing. And, and I think currently has four assists in the Champions League. Um but with the exception of her, and obviously the the example that that Jesse gave of Ivaitana, I think is 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 good. I think I think there's maybe a couple of central players, but if we're looking at pure wingers, I I don't see, you know, too, too many. I I, I mean, sorry, uh, Athenea's there, maybe Samabasha's there, but consistency wise, right now, and and the numbers that, that she's putting up, I don't see anybody better than Guru right. And maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but yeah, that's if that's the case, then. Whatever, fair enough, but girls from me right now up there. It's settled. Do you feel like she's underrated, Nick? Yes, definitely. I mean, she she is not uh, the household name that Sam Kerr is or Frank Kirby is on our team, and I think she's the household name that like Alexei Puteas is for for Barcelona yet. But keep playing like this, and it won't be long. I mean, four assists and a half. Are you, are you fucking joking me? Like. <laughs> I mean, we just got done watching Kylian Mbappe play, which is nuts in and of itself to kind of see like a generational talent like that. But it, I think it's more impressive because of the accuracy of her passes into the box for any of our players to get on the end of, right? There were actually two passes that may have been her best ones that were not converted yesterday. And if you're if you're thinking about like, hey, how do Chelsea continue to improve and how do Chelsea unlock some of the better defenses in Europe or in the Premier League or whatever, like we, we had this conversation a few weeks ago when I was on about like who's the most undroppable player in the team. She is. She's the most undroppable player in the team right now. It's like not even close for me. And I don't think that the team looks as fluid or has as many chances without her, obviously, with, with her assist totals. But her passing is nuts. It's so accurate. It's so pinpoint. And it's always in a place where someone can get on the end of it and do something with it. Yeah. And I think just what's what seems so impressive and Abdullah, maybe this is why we've seen her 
kind of go to another level this season is is the variety of, of what she offers there. It's not just like you look at Katie Zellum and she's like a dead ball specialist, say, but Guru can do it on the run. She can come inside and make the pass. She can go round the outside of you and, and make the pass. She can cut, you know, against Leicester, she was kind of coming into the middle and making more vertical passes. Is that the reason you think we're seeing her, you know, go to another level? Because I think she's always been great, but she's on 11 goal contributions this season. And the most she's ever done in a WSL season for us is 12. So like, we're going up, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going up. I think I think if you compare her first season to, to now, I think her first season, she was just a pure winger. Just sit there, sit on the outside on the left-hand side and make the overlapping run, right? And I think it was consistently that... And she had joy and she did well, but it maybe wasn't to this, obviously wasn't to this level. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's the unpredictability of being able to come inside and go on the outside, but also be able to vary up the type of end product that she has. Is it a cutback? Is it a is it a, a traditional cross? Is it a um, check it back, drive inside? Is it take the one v ones? Is it do the one two passing interchange between the foot the fullbacks? You know, and I think. That versatility and that sort of unpredictability in the final third, especially on the left, I think gives Chelsea so much variety. And I think it also helps the fact that it doesn't just benefit her. It benefits whoever's playing at left back, whether it's Neve Charles, whether it's, you know, whoever it is playing over there. So I think it's, it's we're seeing her not even benefit herself with this unpredictability, but she's benefiting the players around her because it gives that number 10 who plays the free role, whether it's Harder, whether it's Kirby, you know, whoever to still be able to come in and do whatever they need to do whilst the fullback does the same thing. And she just kind of controls two, three players by being able to do this. You're almost forced to double up and mark her. So, yeah, unbelievable performances. And, and it's just it's just been taken up to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would back that up. I mean, one, her close control and dribbling has improved Unreal. over the years. And, and so with that comes overcommitted defenders and you know all sorts of stuff right she opens up space for herself two it, it feels like and i don't know jesse if you agree with this it feels like emma's made a conscious decision that flowing through guru on the left opens up sp uh, time and space for everybody else to get forward and a team that is not lacking attacking options at any point and by kind of doing the overload on the left you get back post runners you get uh frank kirby who is now playing a little bit more of a, a you know maybe a 10 role or an advanced midfield role who's able to just kind of glide into space um without as much uh kind of fanfare and i don't know it just seems like they've identified that this is the person that is going to help create attacks and everything's flowing through right now yeah, and I think also, you know, I look at the contract extension that she signed, obviously extending to, to 2025, and, you know, that's probably a reward for how she's played, but also it feels like it's a it's given her maybe an extra confidence boost to, you know, be like, the club wants her long-term, she wants to be there long-term, she's now stepping up, and I think taking responsibility, because I feel like... For me, the difference maybe a couple of seasons ago would I would feel like Guru's great, but can she pull it out the bag when like stuff isn't going as well? Like if it's tricky, is she gonna be the one that shows up? And this season, like 
This game is maybe not the best example of this because Leicester were just so open, but we've seen it earlier in the season when we haven't played as well. She's the one that's been finding assists because she finds assists in every frigging game she plays in at the moment. And, you know, Emma Hayes kind of said... Similar afterwards, you know, we've always known about her quality, but what I think is happening with Guru is that consistency with every game. She's finding higher levels in everything she's doing. And I think that just speaks to exactly what I feel like we've seen. It's every... We kind of said it about Sam Kerr last season, right? And we'll maybe talk about her a bit later and, and where she is right now. But it is that thing of just like every performance is an 8 or a 9 out of 10, you know? And you just don't even have to think about it because she's gonna come up with this great chance for whoever it is, or she's going to come up with a, a million, <laughs> as was the case in, in this game. Well, I mean, and, and with Chelsea, you know, like she's not the only creative talent, right? You had Jesse Fleming playing today. You had Frank Kirby playing today. You had so many great attackers on the, on the field. It provides nightmares, I think, to opposition who are trying to figure out how to stop us right so let's pretend that you overload girl right and abdullah and you decide that you're going to try and like stop her at all costs you're going to put two or three players around her give her the mbappe treatment right okay well then sam kerr's running into open space frank kirby's running into open space i mean you pick your pick your lot and by the way neve charles is also doing overlaps and cutting inside as well and is having a great season so far so it just i think it makes life hell to try and like pick who the right player to stop is yeah, yeah for sure and, and not to mention canarid hasn't shown her full potential yet and canarid in space is another one with with insane potential you know so uh, i i totally agree i think i think this chelsea team what they have now at least going forward is the variety of like if one player's marked you've got to worry about two three more which is like the sort of whole barcelona leon effect where you always have if you mark alexia Right, you've got Kernogorcevic to worry about. You've got, you know, uh, Oshuala to worry about. You've got Aitana to worry about. You've got Graham Hansen to worry about. And so I think I think Chelsea now have that similar effect where it's not just their attacking players, it's the fullbacks coming up. I mean, not to mention, I think if we were to free up Yves Perisay, she could probably cause a few issues up on that right flank as well. So it's 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 a good problem to have for us in terms of who starts and who doesn't start. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, for the opposition, it becomes... Right, you try and double up and triple up, and, and and not even to mention when you try and double or triple up, it's not always going to work. That like Wrighton was able to get out of. I mean, obviously not the best game to use an example, but Wrighton is able to get out of these these issues because of her close control. Sam Kerr works well across the line and being able to run around. Frank Kirby again, another another fantastic player to to do the same thing. So, it's it's uh, it's it's a great it's a great problem to have, and and I I wonder if. You know, probably a question for the both of you, and we can if we can transition to this is is can this be replicated in the Champions League, especially for someone like Gerrighton? You know, where she's obviously getting the assists, she's doing it against against these teams. But have we have we seen the best version of Gerrighton, aka this one, against your Real Madrid, your PSGs, your Barcelonas? Do you do you think that's what do you think that is one, and do you think it's it's a tactical reason that the other teams are employing against us, or how do you think that works? I think it's an interesting one. I think when we look at the Champions League this season, we've had a really weird group stage. And I do think that kind of affects seeing the best out of Guru. Because obviously you've got, say, the Vlasnia game where she gets loads of assists. Um, 
but then you know when we're playing PSG and Real Madrid, both those games were were pretty tight. I thought both those teams decided to almost sit back and hope to play for the draw. And I think what will be interesting is touching word that we do make the knockout stages this season when we're playing against teams who are looking more to play, can Guru then translate her form that we've seen in the WSL with that space in front of her? I think it feels hard to judge right now just because of how PSG and Real Madrid have set up, which is kind of wild to say, given that they are teams who shouldn't be setting up that way, but they have. Um, so I think there's there's more to come, definitely, from, from Guru Wrighton, and maybe that's when we're talking about being underrated I've seen some people suggest, like, maybe it's because she's Norwegian. I don't think when Ada Hegerberg and Carolina Graham Hansen exist, you can really just pin it down to that. But I do think there's maybe something in the fact that whether it is for Norway or for Chelsea, have we really yet seen her perform on the very, very highest stage? I mean, I would put bets on her this season <laughs> for asking me. Like, I, I, I think... Just knowing the way that the game's played in Europe, it's a little bit different. Teams are obviously better. I mean, there, there's going to be more respect played, you know, paid to her, I think, in those sorts of matches. But I also think there could be more opportunity as well. I mean, we get to the point in the in the WSL where, you know, Lester got out of their box for like five or ten minutes yesterday. That was it. <laughs> and so they were just kind of stacked in a, in a line. And so you have to be ultra creative in those situations. But Chelsea haven't really exercise the demons on, on the break this year. And I think that that's where you're going to really start to see her shine. I mean, like the, the ball to Kerr is, I mean, it's simply one of the best passes I've ever seen. Like it is unfucking believable to be able to put that ball on a plate from 30 yards away and just have it be perfectly weighted, able to be tapped in essentially for a goal. Um, and, if you don't think that that could come in Europe, I don't know how to help you. Like, I think that's that's where I'd put my money. It's physically mind-boggling, that uh, pass. It's like, perfect. I'd seen some people being like, oh, but it's Leicester. But I'm like, I'm sorry, watch the ball. Look at the curve on that shit. Like, it beats three defenders. <laughs> It, it was one of those. Uh, it was one of those passes where uh, Jesse, you might get this reference a little bit more, but you know the the corridor of uncertainty that they have in, in cricket on the off, <laughs> uh, just outside the off stump. It was one of those where like you don't know, like it's almost like you can reach it, but you can't reach it at the same time. It just it just felt like one of those. It was unreal. Yes. Um, well, let's. This kind of ties in, I think, quite nicely to because obviously we've talked a lot about Guru, but. This whole game, I think, was really important from a goal difference perspective. And the league, end of the league is a long way away. But I think we'd already been looking at the table and we kind of slipped behind because we'd had that that slower start. I mean, I'm looking at now our goal differences at, at 22. Uh, we've obviously played a game extra with United on 18 and Arsenal on 17. Nick, how important is it for... Do you think it matters for the the players to be like thinking about this, or is it just a case of like good confidence boosting? Whatever, there's literally half a half a league still to be played. Yeah, my mentality is so fucked up that if I like try and actively do something, that's when I get weird and don't. Um, so I think this team just needs to continue playing good football. Like the goals will come. There's too much talent in the team for the goals not to come. Like it was weird 
at the beginning of the season when we weren't scoring. Like everyone's like, hmm, I wonder what's going on here. I don't try too hard to score nine a game. Get a casual two, three nil. I mean, th- that adds up over the course of a season. And I I wouldn't be worried about that. I mean, I think Chelsea will be the top scorers again in the league. It's just, I think, whether or not the defense can let in fewer and then you're good. Yeah, and um, it was interesting, Abdullah. Game state is so important here, but there were some, like, a couple of slightly nervous moments. Well, not nervous because we were winning by loads of goals, but Leicester had some chances, didn't they? So when Nick's kind of speaking to that defensive point, it does feel like something that we still need to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I think, I think, yeah. Like that, that sixty fifth minute, sixtieth minute. There was like a spell of five, six minutes where um, Leicester suddenly got the ball. They were able to create a few things, and if it wasn't for a fantastic save from Catherine Berger diving to a left, I think, I think that that clean sheet would have gone away. And yes, it was six nil at that point, if I'm not mistaken. But it, you know, it ruins kind of the game. It ruins the confidence. It just kind of puts a little bit of a sour note on the whole game if it had ended up being six one or eight one. Um, yeah, I think I think Chelsea need to worry about those moments because if you're letting a, a team like Leicester back in, even if it is for five, six minutes when you're 6-0 up, I think for me that's a question of, all right, can you know maybe you need to keep your concentration and, and kind of focus there a little bit longer because you don't want to get in a situation where you're in a game that's one, you're one nil up or nil nil, right? And you've got the focus and then you lapse for even like three minutes against a much better side. And then you go one nil down and that changes the complexion of the game because it's much harder to to score against that sort of team. So um, while I'm not overly worried about them, uh, but I think I think that that five, six minute spell would be probably the one thing that Emma picks out in her team talk post game and, and maybe, you know, with the staff going, all right, it's that six minutes we need to look at and see how we can improve and how we can take that uh, that step forward. Because I think we've seen it in multiple games, seasons before, the smallest of lapses of concentration. We've given away a goal and that suddenly the whole game state changes on its head and it's all about, you know, rushing to get a goal or an equalizer or a winning goal. And Nick, before we came, also I apologize if anyone can hear fireworks in one background of my thing. Someone's just set up an impromptu firework display. I don't know if it's a happy France fan or an overexcited England fan. Um, but <laughs> before we start recording, you said you were coming to this pod with some spicy takes. And I believe one of them might be about Samantha May Kerr. So seeing as we've just done a little defensive note, do you want to do a little... Why did Sam Kerr not score more goals? No. <laughs> Basically, yes. Uh, I had that Kerr should have had five goals yesterday, which is where I got my 14 number from earlier in the script. It's it's odd to me that the team is, you know, and I think it's a great thing, by the way, that the team is playing so well without Sam Kerr being at her peak. I mean, we saw her peak at the end of last year. And when she's on, it's just, one, it's hilariously impressive to watch. And then two, it has to just be defeating to come up against her when she's in form. Like if if you're any other team, even the best teams in the world. I she had two one on ones with the goalkeeper yesterday. One she put hilariously wide, wasn't even remotely close. The other was a smash against the post, which I think she could have cut across the goalkeeper. And I think under normal like great. Sam form would have and then that like it just even in traffic like there were a couple of great chances that she just put wide like they weren't even on frame um 
And and so when you only see that we have 13 shots on target, we, we should have had more shots on target with what she had available to her yesterday. I mean, Guro puts one on a plate that is almost impossible <laughs> to not convert. That would have been the biggest crime of the century if that wouldn't have uh, gone in with the with the ball that was played in. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you guys feel about it because I know we've talked about Sam's conversion in the past and how it's not it, it almost is a mirage, right? It's not nearly as bad as everyone thinks it is, um, but it also can be frustrating to watch at times if you're a Chelsea fan because it's like, what what would you do if you were kind of in the in a higher percentile of finishing chances that are kind of clear XG chances? And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little perplexed. I guess would be my my way of phrasing that. Well, I have a theory. And my theory is that when Christy Mewis is in town, Sam's not as good. And not only was Christy Mewis in Leicester, her whole family were with her. So I love their relationship, but I need them to stay apart. Stay apart for the whole year. <laughs> because aside from the FA Cup final against Arsenal that Christy was at, and the and the FA Cup final against Manchester City as well, to be fair, I feel like the level isn't as good. So they can only so, come to FA Cup finals is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes, their relationship need to be based around FA Cup finals uh, or the off season. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's odd, man. I don't know. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I think Sam's just. I think Sam's just a volume player in that sense, right? You just you just have to keep feeding her chances, and she's. I think we may have to just accept that you're going to get maybe a 70 percent return rate on 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 the number of chances Chelsea create. If Chelsea going to create. 10, 15 chances. But you know what? Sorry, I, have, I another thought that came to me just now is it's weird. It's almost like when Chelsea have 15, 20 shots, she only converts like a smaller portion. It's still four or five goals, but it's a small portion. But it's almost like sometimes it seems Chelsea have lower amounts of chances. Let's say it's six or seven. She will put away one or two, right? So while the conversion rate is a lot smaller in each of the number of chances, it's like she almost comes in clutch. When, when it's needed, yes, she may have three chances on her plate in a, in, a, in a Champions League semifinal, but you can almost bet that out of the three chances, she'll put away at least one. And in those scenarios, you need her to put away the one chance at least. So, so are you telling me that in Sam Calculus, which is what we'll call it, <laughs> that one goal in an important match is equal to four goals against Leicester? That's my theory, yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I've uh, I've pulled up some numbers, so I, I'm okay. going to try and maybe give a, a a numerical answer here. But so Sam scored twenty WSL goals last season off an XG of eleven point seven, which is like a ridiculous finishing. She's not a ridiculous finisher normally. She normally finishes if you look across her career around her XG. So I think we're to a certain extent just coming back off a crazy season. I think the other thing that's interesting, though, is her XG per 90 is almost half of it what it was in her first full season, where she scored 20 off 17.4 XG, 21 off 17.4 XG. That was a 0.38 XG per 90. No, sorry, that was 1.3 XG per 90. And this season she's at 0.6. So I feel like maybe the answer is Sam Kerr is getting into different positions than she did in that original season she then had a very very hot finishing season and now we're probably she either needs to well 
you could argue maybe she doesn't need to be getting back into those positions. Maybe she's moved and changed her movement to bring other players into the game. Or she used to get into better positions than she does right now. It's a it's a big nit to pick when your team wins eight nothing. So I'm I'm just you know I'm calling it out, but I I am interested about maybe maybe just not being in the right place at the right time. Like that that being halved is very uh, concerning. <laughs> maybe is the right word. Like that's a that's a big drop um, for for XG. I mean, it's also I think I think if we're going by those numbers, I think if we look back a couple of seasons ago. Chelsea were playing a bit more of a 4-4-2. It was Sam Kerr and Bethany England paired up together. So I think her positioning is obviously a lot different when she's got a pure striker up front, someone to take up the positions. She can kind of hang around as like the second striker, quote-unquote, and kind of play around those areas. Maybe that's why the XG was higher because she had less striking burden, if you know what I mean. She was able to still drop deep and kind of do her thing without playing with a quote-unquote number 10. And now Chelsea are playing a bit more of a 3 4 one 2 4 3 3 with with you know her as the sole striker, which may be a reason why she's not done as well, because she likes playing is almost like the sec it's almost like the Harry Kane situation, if I can bring him as an example. He likes playing not as the pure number nine, but just just behind. And maybe that's what Samka's evolution is going to be, is playing as the secondary striker, not like this main one. So maybe, you know, it would be interesting to see that when she's paired with Panela Hada, who plays in and around her, and when Panela goes ahead of her, or if it's Frank Kirby, does she do better than when she's playing as a sole striker and have two wingers coming inside and kind of her being the main hub and focal point? So that could be something to think about in terms of why her XG has changed. She likes playing with someone close to her, whether it's ahead of her or behind her, could be the question. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's in- interesting. I still think at some point, I agree with what Abdullah said as well. Like, I do think she's a volume player. Um, and I think she is quite, she can be quite streaky. I, I think it will come back. Um, but Nick, I just wanted to touch on some of the substitutions as well and some of the the performances from from players who did come on. Like I thought uh Bethany England had a really bright cameo. I thought Alsu Abdelina l- looked good. She always looks good. I'm like, I don't understand why we don't don't play her more. But um it's good, right, to be able to being not only rotating the team, but like people coming in at a high a high level, right? Yeah. I mean this this is the best case scenario. Right. Because at some point you're going to have to rest Sam. At some point you're going to have to rest Frank Kirby or continue to rest Frank Kirby. Right. Maybe only play her every other match or whatever. Um, same with our wing backstroke fullbacks. Same with our center backs and with our midfielders. Right. The one I'm most concerned about right now um, is Aaron Cuthbert. Right. Who's just been run into the ground this year because she's so crucial to everything that we do. I mean, her getting a bit of a break yesterday is, is a godsend. Um, so all of these things are, are really great. You know, you have standout performances from the start, uh, from Jesse Fleming, from Neve Charles, uh, who, who come in and do a really good job. Canarid hasn't even really truly gotten going yet. But, I mean, on that side, I think she's a really interesting option. You've rotated a bunch in the back, and it's not cost you too much this year um, so far, and that's good because Millie Bright's just played a billion matches in a row, and Magda, I think, needs some rest this year, and you know Buchanan, same. Like we, we need to make sure that all these guys are, are having a good um, amount of rest, and then you get like the extra little sugar on top of Abdelina getting an assist, right? And uh, you know, Beth, who we know has quality, who probably should play a little bit more than she does. Uh, like this is all 
a phenomenal thing. And the team is flying right now, right? So I think it's easier to come into those moments where you're not down a goal, you're not looking for a winner, and you're just looking to play football um, when you're 7 or 8 nil up. Um, so, I don't know. It's good for confidence across the board for me. Yeah, great to see. Uh, we are going to take another quick ad break. When we come back, we will head over to Abdullah's analytics corner. All right, Abdullah, something you wanted to to pick out, which I think is like a really interesting thing, especially off the back of the stuff we've been talking about, Sam, uh, is Frank Kirby at the 10 and how maybe that differs from when we played harder there. Obviously, hard is going to be out for a while. Fingers crossed, Fran stays fit. We'll be seeing her a lot. But what, have, what are you, have you made of her performances and how do you think the team changes around her? Yeah, no, I think I think we're saying to to you know to pick out from 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 yesterday because uh, obviously I think the team played in, in a more of a four three three shape yesterday for for being real, and Fran started on the right side of the three, but I think she had license to 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 push forward and kind of play in and around. And what I noticed a lot was how she made almost like later runs into in into the edge of the box, not exactly into the box, but on the edge of the box to kind of maybe receive the odd pass. And I think a lot of the times that we saw yesterday was Chelsea creating the goals from the half spaces, but on like the edges of the box and whether players were getting onto the edge, whether it was Guru on the left side and, and, and Fran on the right side, it was passes there, cut back inside, score or shoot rather. And that was something that I saw a lot more Frank Kirby do. And if we compare that to what a Panilla Harder would do in a similar sort of position, I think Panilla is a bit more of a player that wants to get into the box, will play the layoff passes, but she wants to be into the middle of the box, acting as like a second striker, third striker, kind of what we touched on with Sam Kerr. And I think what we're going to see now, overall, the difference between the two players, I think I think with 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 when Panilla plays... We have an extra striker in the box. When when Fran plays, to me, it seems like we have an extra creator. We have an extra uh, body just in and around the box, right? And I think what Chelsea needs to do then is, I think that then affects the rest of the team because then it's then it's adjusting the tactics for everybody else. If when Penel is playing as the second striker almost coming in, you have to have somebody else covering as the extra creator. And vice versa, when Fran's playing, you need to have somebody else in the box to act as the extra body. Because if we're talking about Sam being this volume player, yes, that's also because there are other players in the box for her to be able to find the spaces and go in there, right? So I think I think Fran Kirby is able to pick out these players, and I think she's definitely the more creative of the two players. Um, I don't know if we're going to see... 433 although I think this 433 is just there as the initial position it's going to convert into a 4231 but I think playing with a dedicated number 10 um I think we're going to see Frank Kirby playing as as a bit more of a of a of a creator just outside the box and 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 I don't know how how you two feel maybe maybe Nick I'll come to you first I think with 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 the way we just talked about Sam do you think there needs to be maybe another personnel change somewhere else to complement this sort of Fran Kirby as opposed to Penilla Harder in there or do you think the way they're playing now with with the way Fran is playing works um it's a really good question I, I think it it's like the biggest cop-out answer of all time so forgive <laughs> me but I think it's situationally dependent right I think in games where you need that extra runner or where Sam needs someone to play off of, then perhaps this doesn't work as well. Or you just advance Fran to kind of be like a second striker almost instead of maybe a little bit more reserved late runner. Um, And in that case, 
Beth probably makes the most sense for me. Um, but, you know, I think you could also have like a, a really dynamic runner uh, like Canterite or someone, you know, also occupying that space. I mean, Pernilla is so hard to replicate because she's technically amazing, very fast, uh, has an eye for a run as well and can play the last ball. Like, I mean, she's just an insane talent. So I don't know, Jesse, does that make sense to you? Just trying to think about like personnel subs if you if you had to make that call. Yeah, and I, I still think, you know, obviously at the moment, Lauren James is first choice in that position on the right. And I think James kind of is a combo of Fran and Penila in some ways. So I think depending on who she plays with, it's really important for her to kind of have the intelligence to bring out maybe more of one side of her game than the other. Like, I think she can, you know, make those runs and carries the ball in a way that Fran does as well if she plays on the right but she can also kind of come in centrally and come into the box in a way that maybe Penila does more so I think it's about it's not necessarily about personnel but it's about players fulfilling the roles based on who they are alongside I think that's the thing that that is most important in in making that all work um I think the thing that I saw a tweet about Fran um, from at CFCW Stone, which just stood out to me as well, but basically saying Fran Kirby's on a different level because she could be out for months and she'd still give you solid performances immediately when she returns. She doesn't need time to find a form or anything. She'd deliver the performance you need. And I think that for me just sums up, you know, how much Fran Kirby offers wherever she's playing on the pitch, really. You know, we saw it with England in the summer that she barely played and she kind of turns up and... For England, she kind of drops more subtle performances, I think, but it was just like, it was solid. It was there and we've seen it again for Chelsea. She's out, been out for illness for a couple of weeks and then she comes back in and it feels like she's immediately running the show. I even think back to the Real Madrid game where generally, you know, Chelsea weren't super amazing going forward in attacking sense, but it was all like around Fran. And I just think her creative energy is is totally unmatched to be honest, in this squad, almost wherever she plays. Um, and I do think it is just about making sure there's a good symbiotic relationship with with whoever she, she plays with. She does, uh, one, commands respect of your opposition in every way, right? You have to figure out kind of where she is. But even take the first goal that she scored yesterday, right? Uh, obviously been out, hasn't had like a phenomenal goal scoring season for for a minute but the ball comes in great touchdown outside of the boot and it's and and it was that quick like it, there was no there was no pondering on the ball there was no like in the box one of the shorter players that could possibly be in there touch bam like that that's what she's capable of doing and that's why figuring out how to you know Emma has a really hard job <laughs> Cause she has to figure out how to make all these amazing pieces play as a unit instead of a collection of individuals. And we've seen at times where they've been playing like a collection of individuals trying to all do their own thing. And we've also seen her turn Lauren James into a team player who isn't, you know, doesn't have to rely on her own skills and talents to win every single match. Although she's done it for us a couple of times this year, right? Like it, it's an outstanding problem to have but it is a real problem to have like Chelsea have incredible talent that you have to figure out how to place in a position where everyone's getting the right amount of love every week it's hard hard to do 
is hard to do, and uh, she's been doing it for 300 games for, for Chelsea women, which is, you know, it's an astounding run of 211 wins from there as well, which is pretty impressive, especially when you consider that the first couple of seasons we were actually quite bad. Um, 70% win mark, not not terrible. Not too shabby. Um, guys, is there any way that we can sum up Emma Hayes' time at the club or we just lie back and enjoy it whilst it's happening? Enjoy it while it's happening. I mean, it's... yeah. She's, one, she's a phenomenal manager, a winning manager. Uh, We'll see more titles in her tenure because that's what she does. But she's a phenomenal human being and a a brilliant leader. And she's everything that you'd want in a a manager stroke, mentor stroke person at your club. And, yeah, there are not enough superlatives. uh, But, I mean, especially this year, having to take a forced break, Abdullah, having to, I think, focus on her own health for a little bit and still phoning in on the AirPods to to yell through those things to make sure the team's playing well. It's just, it's total and utter commitment. Yeah, that's, you, you just took the words out of my mouth of commitment was, was probably the way I wanted to, to, to describe Emma Hayes' tenure and kind of her as a personality. I think it's, you know, you just you just see the passion on the touchline, and and I think and I think you know there's it's 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 job not done for her, right? I mean, the WSL has been won, but there's still the elusive Champions League that she won. So there's this, so it's it's 300 games, 211 wins, but I think in her mind, it's like my job's not over until I until I bring in that final big title to the club, and um and and I, I will just kind of on a final note on that, I will say. She's got she's got a, she's got an underrated shoe game on the sideline, mm-hmm. so I think uh, I think that's something we need to take note of. Which we're still going to do that episode uh, later this month, Jesse. That's All right. that is damn right. Let's go. Noted, noted. Um, just to finish off, kind of on this game, down of the match, a poll. I think maybe one of the most overwhelming poll wins uh, I've ever seen. We did put up some other options: Neve Charles, Frank Kirby, and Jesse Fleming. Um, but Guru Wrighton ran away with it with 90.5%. Am I going to get any arguments from anyone else over who should have been down of the match? Zero I'd like to hear you try and make them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no arguments for me. I mean, it's what do you say for assists and a goal? I mean, we basically dedicated half the pod to her. So uh, <laughs> I think we've we've done enough bars on Guru. Uh, obviously, we're off to Real Madrid now this week. Uh, we will guarantee qualification from the group stage if we win this one. How important is that, Nick, for, for looking at our December, you know, to be able to kind of get this done and dusted? Uh, it's massive. I mean, Chelsea have been the class of a group. And to put the nail in the coffin in Madrid would be... A statement i think and i think it, it, emma emma's challenge now right is to balance priorities right there are, there are so many matches there are so many important matches there's no breathing room in the wsl there's no breathing room in the champions league to be able to qualify and be clearly top of the group in a position and then be able to to tinker a little bit in december is just a luxury that you'd love to have and Again, I think it would be a huge statement to just blast through this group and have everyone go like, "Uh oh, this team's coming like and they're playing really good football and they're improved and the structure's different. And, you know, the first half of the season, I think when we look back on this, 
it will have been a first half of tinkering, trying to figure out what the right permutation is to get the right result. And yeah, if they go, if they go to Madrid and lock this thing up, Abdullah, I mean, watch out. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, I think locking it up in, in Madrid puts off, like, there's just no pressure against PSG. I mean, that just, just makes life against probably the hardest team in the group, you know, after Real Madrid uh, a, lot, a lot easier. And I think for that game, it's, it, it, it'll be less pressure on them. It'll be the, all the pressure will be on Paris to, to kind of deliver. And, and I think Chelsea can make maybe make a couple of changes and, and everybody can play freely and just kind of keep the, the momentum going, which I think is is huge. And, 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 you know, as we get into a busy period, when you have the luxury of like, okay, we don't have to play at 150% against PSG, I think it's I think it's one to take when you when you've had a decent training essentially a training game against Leicester going against Real Madrid and then you know blow away Vlasia next and then go to PSG at the end. It's going to be an interesting one I think. You know Real Madrid obviously came and Kings Meadow and played quite negatively but I think they will know that they have to go for this one a bit more because otherwise it's going to be a real kind of shootout versus PSG for them. And also if I was them, I would be worried about the fact that, you know, if Chelsea do have qualification guaranteed, if they could lock up the top of the group, then maybe they'll relax when PSG comes to Stamford Bridge. Obviously, we want a nice Christmas party, but from Real Madrid's perspective, that would be, you know, a worry as well. So... I'm hoping for a more open game because, to be honest, I'm enjoying that Chelsea are doing well in the Champions League, but, like, everything has been dross to watch, to be totally honest. I mean, Vlasnia was obviously fun, but, like, <laughs> you don't come away from that as a, you know... I, I'd just like to see us. I think we've got the ability to really show how good we are and how far we've come along, and I don't think we've played teams that have allowed us to do that. So, um, fingers crossed. We're, we're watching the World Cup right now, and we've watched Champions League for years, right? Like, there is a certain strategy to a group stage in every aspect it's it's why you rarely see teams come out with full points it's why you rarely see i think a ton of tremendous football because the onus is not necessarily to go out and win every match eight nil the onus is to just get enough points to qualify for the next stage survive in advance as we like to say in the states and i i think when you are forced to in a two-leg tie uh, to come through, like you're going to start to see Chelsea play better football in, in the Champions League. But frankly, getting that 1-0 win against PSG, when we look back on it, I mean, that just set us up for success here. And give me a 1-0 any day. Like, I, I do not care how ugly it is, frankly. I, like, we saw an 8-0, so I think we, we've had our, our fill for the weekend. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a certain strategy to this. And, like, also, it's something that, like, Emma was reactionary in our last big Champions League campaign, right? We'd play like crap, then we'd get our shit together, then, you know, and then, and then, and then. I think she's probably looking at this as an opportunity to maybe rethink the way the team approaches these games. And I hope that there's a even more diabolical offensive strategy as we move forward through the uh, through the knockout stages. But right now, the pressure is on every other team in our group to come with something, right? So Chelsea will get a counterattack quite a bit, and we know that that's typically a good thing. 
All right, let's just finish off with looking at some of the other results across the WSL. Liverpool beat West Ham 2-0, City beat Brighton 3-1, Reading beat Tottenham 1-0. Really recommend going to see the goal on that one. One of the funniest own goals you will see all season. <laughs> Arsenal beat Everton 1-0. Uh, they missed so many chances in that one. Should have been a lot more there. And Man United beat Aston Villa 5-0. So that leaves Chelsea top of the table with 24 points. United and Arsenal having played a second... Uh, United and Arsenal having played a game less in second and third on both on 21 points. Leicester, it's looking very bleak for them. Still zero points. And there's now seven points between them, Reading and Brighton. So Negative 23 goal diff too. That's not where you want to be. It's not going great. It's not going great. Uh, Chelsea, as we've said, off to Madrid playing on Thursday night there before Reading come to Kings Meadow on Sunday evening. Uh, then we will be playing Vlatsnia on a Friday, which will just be fun and different for us to play on a Friday uh, before PSG visit just before Christmas. So plenty of stuff there to get your teeth into if you are bored of the World Cup or your country's already been knocked out or you just want to watch some Chelsea team playing well because we don't always get to see that um, so we'll be back after the Real Madrid game to hopefully talk about how fantastic it is that we've qualified to the knockout stage of the Champions League with two games to spare but until then Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high <laughs>